Before we get started, uh, let us pray. Our kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the many and wonderful blessings you've showered upon us. We thank you for the privilege of attending this church together. We thank you for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for your presence in our midst, O oh Lord. Thank you. We pray this morning for those who are hurting, O oh Lord. May they take comfort in knowing that you care. We pray for those who serve, O oh Lord, the pastor, EMS, law enforcement, the teachers, and those who serve you silently, O oh Lord. May their service be for thy glory. And for we pray for those in the military this morning, O oh Lord, those who are in harm's way. If it is thy will, O oh Lord, please bring them home safely to their families. We ask all, thing, all these things in thy name, O Lord, and may this day and every day be for thy glory, and may thy will be done in our lives. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus, whose love for us knows no bounds. Amen. Let's imagine for a moment that you had done some good deeds for your community, good service for your community, and... Uh, you and some other individuals, and the community was uh, pleased with that and wanted to uh, thank you with a community banquet. Okay, a rewards banquet. Nice, okay. There you'd enjoy a delicious meal, hear allocates about your efforts, socialize with your friends, catch up on some things, and perhaps even pick up a plaque or two on your way. Yeah, I think that most of us would look forward to something like this. Hey, a little recognition doesn't hurt. No. Now, let's turn back the clock about 2,000 years, where we see Jesus' disciples preparing for a banquet. And that's the title of my message this morning is, The Greatest Supper Ever. The greatest supper ever. So, the last few days have been pretty good for Jesus and his disciples. His raising of Lazarus from the grave has gotten a lot of good recognition and souls are being saved. Amen to that. Yes. <clears throat> it was also the high holiday of the Passover and a chance to catch up with old friends. Yes. And Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, as prophets of old had, had, had foretold, to a triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, with crowds shouting praise and hosannas to the king. That Jesus and his disciples were on a roll. It was looking pretty good right about then. Perhaps the disciples couldn't help but think that this bank would be a great time for Jesus to tell them when he was going to throw those bums, the Russians, the Russians. <laughs> Anybody Russian in here? I'm sorry. <laughs> throw those Romans out. <laughs> throw those bums, the Romans out, and ascend the throne and become king of Israel. Maybe this would be the big announcement. And 
They might even be in line for some pretty special positions in the new kingdom, which would be a pleasant change from trekking around Israel for the last three years. Ah, yeah, they were in a good mood, and it was upbeat. The room had been rented for the banquet, and Jesus had gathered his 12 disciples to join him, and anticipating this great announcement that the disciples were in great moods, and they were very anxious to hear about Jesus and his new kingdom. Little did they know that this would be the last time they would be with him here on earth. Little did they know. Then the mood in the room suddenly started to change. Here's Jesus, gets up, takes off his outer clothing, wraps a towel around his waist, and proceeds to clean and wash the disciples' feet. Talk about an awkward moment. What's going on here? (laughs) Here it is, the Son of God. The Son of God, the great teacher, the one who held the power over all of the universe. Dressed like a slave and washing our feet. What in the world is going on? What in the world? There was silence in the room. Silence until Jesus came to Peter, who, of course, never missed an opportunity to put his foot in his mouth. And he certainly didn't, wasn't, missed this one. He said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet, ever. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you will have no part of me. And with that, Peter said, then wash all of me, Lord. Wash all of me. Foot washing in those days was an ancient tradition. Most travel was on foot, and the streets were dusty and dirty from animal droppings, and guests would wash their feet upon entering a host's house. Or if the host had the means of had servants or, or slaves, These folks would wash the feet of the guests. When Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, resumed his place at the table, and then he asked the question, Do you understand what I have just done for you? Do you understand what I have just done for you? Reading from John 13, verses 13 through 17. You call me the teacher and Lord, and rightly that is so. This is Jesus speaking. For that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus here is saying that to serve him and to serve others, they and we need to humble ourselves. 
humble ourselves, not being prideful, for as we all know that pride goes before the fall. So what's that old saying about humility? Once you know you have it, you've lost it. Like, like I'm a very humble person and I'm darn proud of it. Yeah, no. Truly. What does a care what does a hum, being a humble servant for Jesus mean to us? Well, three characteristics come to mind. First, you don't think less of yourself. You think of yourself less often. That will free up a great deal of time for you to think about others. Second, God's people don't deny their power, the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't deny their power, but they realize that that power comes through them like a conduit, not from them. Through them, not from them. Amen? Yes. Finally, humility. And third thing I came to mind, humility is realizing and emphasizing the importance of others. Not being judgmental. It's not putting yourself down. No, it's lifting others up. Lifting others up. These men in that upper room that day were very important to Jesus. Very important to Jesus. These men were going to turn the world upside down. Jesus was setting the stage for them by showing them true humility and showing him the profound love that he had for them. We need to do the same for others who we encounter in our day-to-day lives. Then Jesus went on to say, reading from John 13, 21, Tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. Whoa. Suddenly the disciples were all looking at each other and asking, Is it me? Could I do that? Am I going to betray you, Lord? Am I? It's kind of curious that these men would have doubts and feelings of guilt. Kind of curious. After all, they had traveled with Jesus for three years, saw all the good works he had done, listened to his teachings, and you would think that their faith would be rock solid. No. These men were humans like you and I. And being humans, they had their doubts like you and I. Shortly after Jesus made this announcement, Judas finished his meal and left the room. Then Jesus said, reading from John 13, 33 and 14, 1 through 4, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. Where I am going, you cannot come. In my Father's house there are many mansions. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. I will come back 
and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. What a wonderful message for all of us. Jesus saying that if we are humble servants for him here on earth, one day he will come lift us up and we will be glorified with him in heaven. And we will see our Lord and Savior face to face. What a promise. But Thomas, the old doubter, said to Jesus, reading from John 14, 5 through 7, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? That's a reasonable question. You don't know where you're going, and how how do you know the way? But Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes unto the Father except through me. Pretty clear. It's hard to play that play that around that phrase. Pretty clear, okay? Pretty clear. Then Jesus gave them the new command. Reading from John thirteen, thirty four to thirty five. Love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Folks, we're that shining city on the hill. Shining forth our love and the love of our God. That's telling the world who we are and what we are about. We're about him. Then Jesus took the bread, broke it, and he said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner he took the cup, and pouring out the wine said, This is my blood shed for you. Drink it in remembrance of me. It's good to know that when you participate in this act of sharing, sharing these sacraments, that you are receiving God's forgiveness. You're receiving God's forgiveness when you share in these sacraments. It's good to remember to pause for a moment at that time. And remember that God's Son humbled himself, humiliated, taking our sins upon his shoulders and making those who believe in him righteous with our God. It is well to keep this in mind as you accept these gifts. They are God's forgiveness for us. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever held a door open for somebody? Had that person walk right by you, not looking left or right? How did you feel? How did you feel about that? Was your nose a little out of joint about that perceived snub? Well, thank you very much. Huh? Now, 
Holding a door for someone is truly a random act of kindness. And a good thing. However, the reason you held that door open is a whole other story. Why did you hold that door open? Did you hold it open to get a thank you? Or, a, or a, buy your way or whatever from, the, from whoever passed through? Is that why you held the door? If you were, you were looking for the praise of man. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. But that's not what Christians are about. That's not what Christians are about. If you did it for the glory of God, simple act like that, for the glory of God, you would not look for this praise from men. It would not matter. The only thing that matters, the only thing that really matters in our lives is what our Lord and Savior knows about us. And he knows when you do random acts of kindness, you don't need the praise of men. You're going to be blessed by the power of the universe. It doesn't matter that thank you or no thank you. You are, you are, you are the shining lights of Christians, and you are going to be blessed by God for your random acts of kindness that you perform for the glory of God. For the glory of God. The Bible says that those who seek and receive the praise of man will have received their reward. Okay? End of story. Like a plaque at a rewards banquet. End of story. Thank you very much. But those whose random acts of kindness and love are done for the glory of God and do not seek the praise of man, they will receive their reward in heaven. That's the word of Jesus Christ. God expects his people to be humble servants for him. Now I know that oftentimes the word servant has a bad connotation in our world. We think of them as Persons of low esteem, losers sometimes. But folks, to be a servant of God is a whole other story. To humble yourself before others in his name and for his glory, that, my friends, is a sacred calling. A sacred calling. What would it be like to go through life serving as foot washers, so to speak? What would it be like for us to embrace every opportunity for Christian service with the thought in our mind, the feeling in our heart, and the action in our hands that I am washing the feet of others as Jesus has washed mine? A missionary once said, go out into your mission field and witness for Jesus, speaking only when necessary. Only when necessary. 
Why? Actions. Actions speak louder than words. All of you that have had that raised children know that well. What you what you do seems to hold a lot more weight than what you you can give them a thousand lectures, but they're going to look at what you really do and what how you really act. <laughs> and that's the same way it is for us Christians. Let our light shine. Let our light shine. And that reward, by the way, that Jesus has promised us when we get to heaven, we don't know exactly, of course, what that's going to be. But we do know this, that we will see God, and we will live with him for eternity. Now, how much more do we need? But there is more. There's more. We don't know exactly what that is. We don't know exactly what that is, but it will be so much greater than we can even imagine. So much greater than we can even imagine. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what Jesus has promised. Now you know who Jesus is, and you come here like this morning, and you hear his teachings as we read from the book of John. You are learning by listening. Good. Well and good. But now it's time to learn by doing. Doing. Committing acts of random kindness. Your head knows what, is, what, what, they, what the Bible says. It's time for your heart to know how that feels. Amen? Amen. Amen. To you and I, Jesus says, let me come into your life. Let me change your life. Let me see your dirt and take it away. Don't be embarrassed by it. I know it seems awkward, but don't let it be. Let me do this thing. Let me just get the dirt out of the way. Ask for, for and you will receive. Forgiveness. Jesus has set us an example. An example that you should do as he has done for you. Humbling himself and taking our sins upon his shoulders, we need to be humble servants for him. If you know and do these things, you will receive God's blessing and his reward. And these are the words of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gifts you have given us, for loving us, for forgiving us, for humbling yourself for us. Please open our hearts and minds this day that we may learn to be more like you. Make us, mold us to be your humble servants, O Lord, thankfully and joyfully. Amen.